Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Riverdale Recap Podcast. Today, we will be talking about the seventh episode of Riverdale Season 7, Dirty Dancing, and the eighth episode of Riverdale Season 7, Hoop Dreams. It's a double feature episode. Woo, baby, that's right. We were busy and forgot to record a podcast last week, so now we are masking our flop by turning it into a special bonus episode. The magic of rebranding, my friends. (laughs) I mean... Listen, it's fine. <laughs> I am Mary Kwiatkowski, and I am joined tonight by my co-host, Kirsten McKinnis. Kirsten, you want to explain what happened? <laughs> okay, so the week of episode seven was like a very busy week for both of us. Yes. Like we just couldn't get it to work during the week. So we were like, okay, well, we'll just do it on Sunday after we play Goose Goose Duck with our friends mm-hmm. um, over on twitch.tv slash Kirsten said what? <laughs> uh, and then Mary popped into the Goose Goose Duck lobby. And the minute I saw her little goose avatar, I was like, oh no, I didn't watch the episode. So I ran up to Mary thinking she was going to be furious with me. And I said, Mary, I haven't watched Riverdale and Mary said oh neither have I (laughs) so we agreed that we would just talk about both episodes together this week and we tried to book it to do it on our normal Thursday recording time slot but then it just was like getting late it was so I was like I'm so tired and I have 6 a.m spin in the morning like I can't do it so then um we moved it to Sunday after Goose Goose Duck and we remembered this we did we did remember this time it helped the fact that I had already watched them by Thursday so I didn't have to like prep that for today but for sure uh yeah what's funny on my end was last weekend when we were going to record uh on friday when i left to go visit my family for mother's day i i knew on friday that i was going to record because i deliberately took my computer with me and everything and then when i was coming back from visiting them i remember putting my computer in my car my laptop and being like why did i bring this like i didn't need this while i was here i don't know why i brought this all the way here just to bring it home and i get home and i get on to play goose goose duck and i'm like ah, oh, this is so nice a relaxing sunday with no podcast and then kirsten runs up to me and says oh shoot i forgot to watch riverdale and i'm like oh that's why i brought my computer oh whoops yeah slipped my mind so it's fine we all make mistakes we're only human and we're busy people and life is hard but we're here everybody makes mistakes Everybody Everybody has has bad days. days. (laughs) Everybody knows what, what I'm talking about. All right, let's get into it. So we're going to talk about these two episodes. We are going to do two episodes for the size and the price of one free. 25 cents. We got it. (laughs) Okay, I said free. Kirsten said 25 cents. Great. So send that 25 cents, PayPal. Yes. Actually, I am going to say this at the top of the episode, just in case anybody is listening, a big fan, interested. Um, I, uh, you know, I I am doing a fundraising effort at the moment. So if anybody wants to support me and would like to participate in the fundraising for uh, myself and um, my well, what are my you charity fundraising for right What's yes I was gonna say it's not it's not really for for me the, the money doesn't go to me the money is going to um, uh, the Virginia Capital Trail Foundation which is a group that that builds um, trails around Virginia uh, primarily the the trail that is called the Capital Trail which is a 52 mile long biking and walking and running trail and rollerblading and anything else you want to do on that and it's used primarily for for um, both exercise but also for people to commute by bike from various places to the city of Richmond where I live and um, the people who organize the trail are, are really really great great 
upkeep themselves. And um, so I have chosen them to be the uh, the charity that I am raising money for. And also I'm, I'm playing a, uh, a live version of Survivor um, called Can You Survive, which I've worked with them many times playing their game online. And now I'm playing it in person, but it's uh, the full game is for charity. So a uh, bunch of different people are raising money for different things. If you would like to check out Can You Survive charity event to see if there's any other charities that you would like to support or if you would like to support myself in the game um the person who raises the most money does get an advantage in the game but regardless it's a great uh, great cause um all of the, the different charities there and a fun way to support people so if you would like to support me um then you can venmo any kind of donation to can you survive um which should be called can you survive on venmo and it has like a logo so it should be pretty obvious which one says can you survive charity event and if you just put mary uh, or donation for mary in the subject then they will know that it goes to me um but like i said also feel free to support them and support anyone else by by looking up uh some of the other charities on their instagram anyway just wanted to plug that up top since that'll be happening later this summer and if anyone wants to watch me participate in that they also will stream the game on facebook so you can look at that all right let's get into these okay episode seven last time on who knows it doesn't matter this episode probably i don't i don't know what episode six was the last time thing we saw was um archie and betty doing their little peep show right striptease and so they got in trouble and that is actually the whole reason for this episode that's right because I betty has to dance to get out her uh yes extra sexual energy dirty dancing yes okay so we start with a jughead voiceover it's a big one after mr cooper told mrs cooper that betty had been dancing in her window in her skivvies for archie's uh benefit mrs cooper phoned hollywood california to give hermione lodge a little good old-fashioned east coast what for since veronica had supplied the skivvies in question then alice rang her good friend penelope blossom for advice about what to do mother to mother so by morning everyone knew some version of what happened most of it untrue and repercussions were being felt far and near can i start with my problem with this jughead voiceover is it real quick all of it because i have it, issues well with yes but mainly because uh oh no i'm dumb never mind is it the next i one? thought it was i yeah. thought it was that molly ringwald slash mary andrews had called um no it's penelope blossom and i was like they're not friends and then i realized yeah. it's actually mrs cooper and so i guess they were friends but anyways uh, this is horrible. Yeah, I mean, first off, I don't think you can just call up Hal- Hollywood, California, and like be able to talk to Hermione unless Veronica. No, I mean, gave you, you definitely the can. You go to the dir- the you call the um operator and you go, "Hi, I'd like to be connected to this person," and then they go boop boop boop, and then they connect you. But like, would you have access to be able to talk to a celebrity? Well, I mean, if you know like what town they live in, you would just oh, call the operator. That's and be how like, that Hi. worked back in the day. I think so. Wow, I'm shocked. Okay, I'm also shocked. I don't know. That I wasn't alive. That Alice. Is is friends with Penelope Blossom in this universe? That's weird. It's weird. Is it? Or is it weird that she's not friends with her in the other universe? No, it's weird that they are friends because Penelope is a weirdo and they, sh- like, no one should be friends with her. Fair. Yeah. And she also, they're clearly not actually friends because she instantly calls everyone else in town to spread this information. Yeah, you would think that Alice would know that would have happened. There's a lot that I disagree with about Alice in this. Like, I disagree with her character, the way that they eh, did this. They're so, all fake anyways. 
Yeah, basically the fallout from the whole peep show is that Betty is going to have to work on the dance-a-thon thing, dance-a-rama, what is it called? The, ba- the Riverdale bandstand. Grandstand. That one, the one that's the, I play on that's American That's after Brand, ga- yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yes, that one. So that one. Um, Frank is surprisingly chill about everything. He's like, it's fine, just like take some cold showers. You're good. Yeah, I do like, it's, you know, it's showing the double stand Yes, of boys versus girls where like Betty is getting absolutely like crucified by the whole town for this and it is majorly in trouble and then Archie is like ah ah, boys will be boys like it's you're fine okay well he was an equal participant yeah not just that he gets like cheers at school and Betty gets like yeah cat calls and whistles misogyny yeah who would have thought in the 50s oh my god so Betty's required to join the Riverdale grandstand which she says only nerds and squares do but Alice is like I mean what's Betty if not a nerd and a square I don't like Betty what are you uh so she has to go do that and um Cheryl apparently is a dance captain and a spokeswoman for Riverdale Grandstand I don't know what a dance captain mean is that she on the show I think is she's she just... like in charge I think she's like tells people how to dance oh, and okay. like make sure it's good I don't know again I wasn't alive in this era Betty is paired with Dilton Doily to dance and um Cheryl does a block Blossom maple syrup commercial. I liked the maple syrup commercial. There are a lot of commercials in this episode. I gotta tell you, I don't remember seeing one commercial. There were two. There was well, the Cheryl uh, Blossom maple syrup one. It was more like, less like a commercial, more like an ad spot on the show. Like they had like a little backdrop yeah, and then it was wheeled it. away. And she was like, and put I, some maple syrup on your ice cream, which sounds disgusting to me, but that's fine. No, that would be de- that would be delicious. Don't be silly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the also- consistency I don't like. But I don't I don't put things on my ice cream. I don't like that. It would be delicious. Um, I don't remember that at all. Like, I literally did not notice it. Yeah. So, it was, that's on me. It was okay. Um, and then some guy named Troy asks Betty to dance, and she's like, sure. But then he, like, starts getting a little handsy, so she slaps him. And I feel like this is what I'm saying about Alice not, like, being out of character. Alice is out of character because I feel like Alice would be mad at the guy for, like, trying to feel up Betty. Well, and instead, yeah. she's mad at Betty for slapping no, him. No, but, but this is the thing. She slapped him on live television. Alice would be mad at the guy for being handsy, but she's more mad at the loss of, like, uh, per, uh, the perception of the show and her daughter looking like an aggressor. Like, she wants to keep up appearances more than anything, which is also super true of early Riverdale. Yeah, uh, th- that part fits. I, I guess I'm, I would have liked, because at least in early Riverdale, it was like, Alice was hard on Betty and wanted Betty to be perfect because Alice loved Betty and, like, was very protective of over her this doesn't feel like that this feels like I would have preferred for her to be like Betty oh my gosh that's so horrible we're kicking Troy off the show I can't believe that happened but this is like but oh my gosh you can't slap on camera like instead she was just mad at her she was like it was your reputation it's all your fault well no but like after her daughter has slapped someone on the show they can't really kick him off because then it looks like the family's doubling down on attacking him like this isn't the right thing to do obviously but we have to also look at it from the they're not in a 2020 lens they're not in a 2016 lens they're in what 
five and her daughter's reputation is already really bad and she doesn't know what to do and she hasn't been given the tools or agency in her own life to be able to do anything else but shame her daughter for her reputation and choices like i'm it's just kind of generational trauma well yeah i don't like it but i think it can be justified if you look at it from the lens of where they are yeah um archie and betty are going to commiserate together over how their parents are trying to control them and pretend that everything is perfect i don't really know how that's happening from archie's point of view i mean i guess his uncle's just like join all these sports i mean they're not allowed to see each other and they had to close their curtains that's true that part's true so um it's going to be the 50th episode of the grandstand veronica archie and some of the other new faces are out there to dance uh they get convinced to be on the show um betty does a twirl and i guess the scandal is she doesn't wear anything under her dress besides her underwear like she like normally i'm guessing there were i wasn't really paying attention well, when everyone else was twirling. other people's skirts when they twirled the skirt went up a certain amount but not like all the way up and she was wearing a skirt that like fully lifted up and showed her underpants on tv yeah it was very marilyn monroe so i don't understand why betty did this if she just wanted to be kicked off the show i feel like she was okay I think she was just mad at her parents for controlling her. Yes, no, and I so g- she was like, let me ruin their show because I, I don't want to be here. That. But I feel like it's weird to do it in a way that's also like self-humiliating. Yeah, but I think that she has such a bad reputation right now that like it's not like anyone's gonna think better of her anyway, so she might as well just show them. I guess. I guess it was sort it's of not like, like an easy A approach. Great, but like Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I found that to be dumb. weird. It's the 50s. I guess. <sighs> Okay, I don't know if this is bad to say. It's like I would rather have had this be through the lens of Betty being like, I'm getting something out of this somehow. But it didn't seem like she was. It seemed like. Well, but I think what she's getting out of it is embarrassing her parents because she's mad at them for their control. And so she can embarrass them and that's all she can do. Anyway, so she gets gets kicked off the show and her mom is like, you broke my heart. Well, okay. Well, Alice, you probably broke your daughter's heart many times. Yeah, that was, it was odd. And then Betty goes to school and she gets a lot of stares, but she seems satisfied until she runs into Werther's, who says that, uh, and she's like, yeah, well, I am out of control because I'm a teenage girl with a mind and desires of my own. It's very concerning. And he's like, you you just, uh, you have your tortures that you're dealing with. And that was the end of the dancing portion of the episode. Um, overall, I gotta say, I don't understand what Betty's, like, deal is. It's like, this whole season so far, with the exception of the Jughead like episode where he was writing comics and besides the first episode every episode has just been teenagers discovering their sexuality well I mean yeah but I I think the whole thing with Betty is that she is making discoveries about herself and the world is not ready for her to make those discoveries and so the whole thing is about her trying to fight back against a system that is not built for her and it's not going great for her because again it's had the system that she's working in I don't know it's it's dumb but like it at least kind of makes sense in the broader scheme of all of the other social issues that they're bringing up. But I think people think of like feminism as like, oh, women have equal rights and that's solved. So they don't feel like they need to like go as hard on like the point. Whereas with like the homophobia and the racism and stuff on this, it's like, well, obviously people are still facing that. So we're going to really like hit home with it. But obviously feminism is not just like perfect and good and Mm -hmm. lots of women are still not uh, treated as equal. I think part of what was personally triggering to me was ever since a young age, my 
my mom made me wear bicycle shorts under any kind of dress or skirt. And then that just continued into my adult life because I was like, I have like a, even if I'm wearing like a maxi dress, I have a irrational fear of somehow uh, <laughs> it like flying up or something or bending over or whatever. That's so hilarious. I, I just wear shorts under everything, literally. And it's great because sometimes like today I went out and I was wearing a skirt and I was wearing bike shorts under it for comfort. And uh, then after that, I decided that I needed to go buy some new running shoes. And I was, once I got to that running store, I'm like, wow, I'm so glad I'm wearing shorts under this because now I can like run around the store and test out my shoes. Great. It was a you're, perfect you're planning like on my part. You're never nude. Yeah, I am a never nude. Uh, All right. So uh, in the section of the episode entitled Just Some Average Joes, um, what is this episode? I I like this is this is all new to me. I'm like reading this for the first time. So, okay, Sheriff Keller has some suspicions about Kevin's sexuality because he finds a bodybuilding magazine in his room, which like, I mean, I feel like a bodybuilding magazine, like there could be justification for having other than wanting it for gay reasons. So a bodybuilding magazine, The who is the bodybuilding magazine like from the company intended for? I mean, it's for I'm sure intended for people that want to bodybuild. Okay, I, that's what I was saying. I was like, I'm, I'm sure that we're not at a point in time where they're making magazines specifically for gay men to look at. And I don't think that it would be the kind of thing that they were making for women to look at. So it seems like the target audience is bodybuilders and therefore yeah, or people interested in bodybuilding. So I feel like it's not that odd. But I think that Sheriff Keller already has suspicions about his son. So... And so he uses it as like, oh, no, my son ain't right. I believe that this is also a tie-in to the original plan for season one of the show, where the original plan, if you remember in the early parts of season one, Kevin comes out to his father and his father's like extremely supportive of it. And I remember hearing at the time that the original script idea was that his father was not going to be supportive of it. So I feel like this is they're taking from that original idea. Oh, well, I'm glad they didn't do that originally. Yes, I'm, I'm glad they didn't do that originally in the version of Riverdale that came out in like 2016 or 2017 or whenever it was um but this does fit more for the times it's odd because I can't tell I think Sheriff Keller and Frank are both in the same category here where it's like they're not exactly pro or antagonists for the show but they're definitely antagonists for a 2023 lens by far like they don't I think they're antagonists but I but I think like from the the plot of the show the antagonists are supposed to be like the principal and Werther's like they they seem like more obviously protect but maybe I mean I don't know I guess it's like I think the patriarchy is the antagonist yes overall which includes Sheriff Keller and Frank so Sheriff Keller makes Kevin join the basketball team. Archie asks Frank why, uh, and Frank is like, well, because his dad wants him to be around some average Joe role models and, you know, to straighten him out since he's a little confused right now. Yeah, I'm always thinking of average Joes as role models. Yes. <laughs> so Archie is like, this is a, a, both of these episodes are Archie being extremely, um, what is the word? Like, he's just like so pure. He's just hopeless. He has no idea. <laughs> he's like, like he's he, very it's naive. never occurred to Archie that anyone could be gay. And so it's never occurred to him that he would hate it. But if he had knew about it, he would probably hate it just like everyone else. Well, I time. see, I don't know. I, I feel like they're like Archie in Riverdale proper is like you think about, okay, he's like got a hero complex, he's a punchaholic, all that. Archie does have that happen like once or twice in this season, but most of it he's just kind of like, gee, Betty, that sounds great. Like he's 
not like, oh yeah, like he's not suave at all in the way that they try to make him in Riverdale proper, but he's here, he's just always so like, oh, okay, Kevin, let's be friends. So, um, Suave is such an insane thing to ever refer to Archie as. Well, I think that, like, that, that's the idea. I like, think they want Archie to be, like, you know, the guy that Veronica is so interested in, the guy that Betty is interested in. Like, and I don't know, it's just different. But so, uh, it did bug me a lot when Archie, um, is shooting hoops with Kevin during lunch and he's like, Kevin, you and I have been in the same grade since kindergarten. Yeah. I mean, did you think he was going to skip a grade? I think he meant that we've been in the same class since kindergarten, but. I mean, that's, the, I, I don't think that that's anything to quibble with. I, I would think it say is. Grade. It, I would, I would. That doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. Kevin opens up to Archie, says he wants to be normal, that his interests don't come across that way to his dad. Even though like Kevin and Archie share a whole bunch of interests, uh, it's not really about the interests. It's about the yeah. sexuality. So let's see. The guys are all in the locker room and they applaud some random guy for doing the dirty deed. Well, yeah, um, he lost his V-card. Apparently. Apparently, Mr. Blossom took Jason to Twyla Twist on his 16th birthday to make a man out of him, which yeah. is really gross. That is really gross. And also, I think something that happens in real life. Still or like in the 50s? I mean, probably still. Oh, I don't like this. There's a lot of really crappy people out there these days. It's so... Because... Yeah, and it's also really weird to like be the sex worker who's like, yeah, I have no problem sleeping well, with a 16-year-old. But it's also like... Okay. So at this time, Mary Andrew was not super proud of Archie when he supposedly slept with Cheryl. But, but Yeah, but she's a mom. So you, you think that Penelope taking... would have been mad about, like, Jason? I think Penelope would have been mad if anyone found out about it. Okay, so it's like they, these, these parents want their sons to not be virgins, but they don't want them to sleep with, like, good, yeah. I'm saying no, good exactly. girls in, like, quotes No, exactly, here. because, you know, if they sleep with someone with, like, a respectable reputation, then they have to marry that person. But if they sleep with someone who's, quote-unquote, not respectable well then no harm no foul well that's her fault for having that reputation it's just patriarchy and misogyny <laughs> and i know it's like in we were just before we were recording we were talking about bridgerton and i know it's in that too in a lot of ways but yeah it's just frustrating okay whatever so kevin's like i'm gonna go see twilight twist well, it's like jason sort of taunts him about it and so i keep calling him jason that is not his name i just realized julian. his name is julian r.i.p and yeah and kevin's like yeah i'll go i'll see her no problem yeah, so uh, Archie tells Kevin that Archie is also still a virgin, which makes Kevin mad because Kevin's like, oh, geez, why do I have to go see Twyla and you don't? It's like, oh, I don't know. Well, yeah, exactly. He's like, well, what? so it's not about being a virgin. It's about, like, this other, like, untouchable like, concept is what makes him a target. And it yes. just sucks because it it's does. just how he was born. It does it's, suck. Like, nobody is going to choose to be the identity or orientation that is going to create them being hated in society it just it doesn't it's not how it is it's like that sounds so obvious when you say it and yet there are still people who just don't understand that to this day people yes. don't get it people don't get it oh my gosh so betty picks up her food at pops and she runs into archie and archie's like talking to betty about kevin and she's like well how how was he when you were guys were dating because things seem different now and archie's like yeah well it's fine you know he's going to twyla so everything's gonna be good and and then betty's like no archie you have to stop him so archie runs to the motel to find kevin crying and uh archie says that 
he and Kevin are just going to lie about what happened to the guys. But then when he comes home, he finds out that um, that uh, Kevin's dad was the one who suggested the whole thing. that Twyla. Um, so I'm not sure. I'm assuming he, so that the Julian like, thing was still true. That like that I mean, like he did that. That wasn't true. like a setup. It could be not true. We don't know. But Sheriff Keller went to Julian and was like, "Hey, I want to make sure my son goes to an escort to have sex with a woman. So can you make him do that?" Which is so messed up. Yes. Because it's also like even just suspecting that Kevin might be gay in this time is putting a really big target on his back and putting him in danger. So you'd think you wouldn't be so comfortable talking to Julian about that. But I guess everyone just cares about people fitting into the mold of what they're supposed to be rather than their actual well-being. Also, like, I mean, let's pretend that Kevin does sleep with Twyla. That doesn't make him not gay. Oh, 100%. (laughs) So it's like... I don't really know why they thought but that I would, think that would them, change like, anything. We also have a better understanding now of like what it is to be queer or gay. And at that time, it's like you couldn't even have that knowledge because to know about it would be forbidden. It's really messed it, up. And, and this and lots of other reasons are why when people say like, oh man, I wish I wish I lived in simpler times. I wish I lived in the 50s or 60s. It's like, uh, okay. But like things weren't well, great yeah, for everybody during those times. Well, yeah. It's the people who say stuff like that are like straight white people. Um, And if you're a woman who said that, also just just take a look that even the even the straight white women <laughs> didn't have as you know better lives than they you do now. You couldn't have a credit card. I'll tell you that for yeah. free. Yeah. You can't, uh, you know, just look at look at Betty. Cautionary tale. No. Um, so Sheriff Keller calls Frank and tells him that Kevin won't be on the basketball team anymore. Frank feels bad for Tom to have a son that is bent. Awesome. And Archie, uh, I guess doesn't, uh, doesn't let this bother him though. And he, he goes to eat lunch with Kevin and Clay to talk about music and plays and movie stars and other things that he likes. Archie's decided to be a good friend, which is nice. That is, that is nice. Good, good on Archie. Um, all right. Then also in this episode, we have a subplot called Guess Who Has a Job, aka, oh look, we're just doing the same things. We might be back in the 50s, but that's not going to stop Veronica from getting a job. Now you just said women couldn't have credit cards. That's, that's understandable, but apparently it doesn't stop Veronica from, um. I, yeah, I was actually really surprised that, like, I guess you would be able to work as, like, a waitress or like a secretary or like a nurse until you were married i i guess like i, I okay so uh, veronica gets a telegram from her parents that says miha you have to you have miha you have been a bad girl stop time to teach you a lesson stop no more allowance stop report for work at the babylonium theater today at 3 30 sharp stop so she goes to work um and uh, this this looks so similar to my local movie theater. Um, like like, do you have any of those? Do you have any like local movie theaters? Not big chain ones, um, but that look like this. There's no nothing that looks like this. Oh, okay. there was one when in Ontario where I lived that had like one just had one screen mm-hmm. and was like super small. But I haven't lived there since like 2005. So yeah, everywhere I've lived has had one of these. That's like the one when I used to live in Charlottesville. The one there um, stopped playing movies though after a while but it's more of like a concert venue slash mm. you can you can have like weddings there and stuff um but the one uh near my near my college and the one where i live now they both it's great because they're like 
like five dollar movie theaters and they'll play like one and uh like one one movie you know on a screen and the popcorn's really cheap and everything and it's fun and though and the one actually right where i live now they also have like an an organ organist who like comes mm-hmm. like it comes up from the ground and they play like a little song at the beginning and usually it's like a song from the movie you're about to watch anyway it's cool so highly recommend support your local theaters uh so veronica gets a job there her new boss is mr lemley and her co-worker is clay walker who he's the projectioneer and does repairs and stuff so veronica and clay are going to bond over filmmaking clay wants to study filmmaking college veronica doesn't want to be in front of the cameras but likes to be behind them maybe like in a producer capacity um which actually i feel like that checks out a lot more than her like just like owning property or being like a Wall Street person. Um, so apparently TVs and drive-ins have taken away all of the viewers from the movie theaters, though, in the 50s. Was that a thing? I don't know. I I listen, I don't know. But I also feel like she's like, no, but this is, there's nothing like this. And it's like, yeah, there's nothing like that. But also I feel like a drive-in is way more fun than going to a theater. the golden age of Hollywood between 1927 to 1969? So we're still in the golden age of Hollywood. Are there theaters really... I feel like there's no way that there would be, like, no one in the movie theater. Especially since in all the previous episodes, they've made mentions to, like, let's go to the movies. <sighs> Listen, I don't know. When were TVs invented? Mm, I think that was in the 50s. But, like, it wouldn't have been in every home. When was TV, I'll say popularized. Okay, when was TV popular? In the 1950s. Okay, so maybe maybe it is just TV time and everyone's, like, stuck in the novelty. Um, So Veronica suggests they make a commercial to air during the Riverdale Grandstand. Um, her parents buy the movie theater though and her and they plan to turn it into a parking lot they're gonna Um, tear it down look at this another freaking plot from season one the drive-in is or the theater is getting destroyed to make way for something else by veronica's parents and interesting why veronica's parents would like they work well i guess they work on a tv show so okay this one at least well but also like if you are the one who charges for parking in a parking lot you can make a lot of money doing that but like what's around i mean we don't really know the landscape of Riverdale like what would be around where they would need a parking lot truly no but um, but maybe it's not a parking lot that's just what they're saying maybe maybe they have nefarious plans but it seems like it seems like Veronica's parents aren't like evil so I'm not in this version so I'm not really sure what they're doing like Hiram made more sense um anyway Veronica goes back to her apartment and finds a painting that's like a original hopper i guess i don't really know who that is but okay. i'm sure that's a close but no cigar oh you think you don't think it's a real person i don't know who did she say oh, i didn't recognize the painter. oh edward hopper was a real painter hopper painter does it look like does any of his stuff yeah no it looks like that it's, it's oh just he's the nighthawks guy don't i don't know what that means there was an episode of riverdale called nighthawks and it's based off of the um. nighthawks painting it's very if you look at the painting it's very famous it's like a diner from the outside you're like looking into the diner mm-hmm. anyway um okay so she sells or she trades the painting to lemley and I, she says it's a painting from her personal collection is it or is it her parents like because if mean- this is if this is her parents collection and then she buys the theater and then at the end of the episode she sends a telegram to her parents telling them that she bought the theater now we don't know that they're evil but i'm like if this is a painting from their collection or based on like how their money is set up i don't know that she does own it maybe her parents just just own it i don't think they care that much i think the paperwork could be in veronica's name 
well, anyway, she has a job. So yay, she now owns a business because we really needed that. They just can't, can't give her, I mean, it's like season seven. You can't think of anything else to do with Veronica. Veronica has to run a business. She's the she-wolf of Wall Street. Here's a question. What would be better? Is there, is there some, give a plot line that would fit Veronica's character that does not involve running a business. She murders a guy with a bowl of oil and a lighter. Great, great. (laughs) What if, like, what if you just took that personality but made it more realistic? Like Veronica is going to organize a bake sale at school or something or like even something something cooler than that. Like, couldn't you picture her like organizing a kissing booth or something? Yeah, but like the stuff at school is all boring and I hate it anyway. So I might as well just have her own a theater. Fine, fine. I'm sorry. It's it's whatever. So um, then Jughead has his plot line, I guess, uh, where he has, oh, look, a mid-episode yeah. voiceover. Meanwhile, I was racked by guilt over the fact that I had betrayed my idol, the science fiction writer Brad Rayberry, when Featherhead called me on the carpet. So Featherhead and Werther's are like, hey, you're a comic book writer. That's so horrible. And we're going to expel you for writing pornography. Yeah, and Jughead's okay. like... Um, um, this is not pornography, uh, and he is being told that he has to sign a contract saying he won't write horror comics anymore, um, or he will be expelled. So he drops out of school. Yeah, he says, you can't control what I do outside of school, so I won't go to school. Yep. Um, but, uh, Brad Rayberry comes to get some money from the comic book place, and, um, Jughead apologizes to him, um, and Brad's like, you should go back to school. Education's important. Um, but then Jughead uh, goes and tells Brad that he doesn't want to stop writing, um, but I do want to go back to school. And so Brad's like, simple, you're going to write under a pseudonym. And also, in addition to that, you're also going to write other comic books because they feel like it would be too suspicious for Jughead to just be like, all right, I'm going to sign the contract. I'm going back to school. And I have a pseudonym. Oh, what is this? My comics are still being written. They feel like that's not believable. So they're going to compromise, go to the school and tell the patriarchy that um, Jughead is going to continue writing comics, but they're going to be family-friendly ones. Yeah. Super and, duck. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a real comic. Super duck. So, um, he does that, and, uh... Now he can go to school again. Yeah. And Rayberry also, like, threatens this to go to the Supreme Court if they don't agree to their conditions. And, um, Rayberry also agrees to mentor Jughead in a writing capacity and to take another look at his novel. And as that is, uh, you know, happening, everything's ending on a good note, except we get another voiceover three Jughead voiceovers in one episode. Too much. Where Jughead says, and with Dr. Werther's shifting his glowering attention from me to Betty, I was now able to continue my budding comic career on twin tracks with the prospect of Mr. Rayberry as my mentor keeping me up and typing late into the night. And as he's saying this, um, Mr. Rayberry gets a knock on his door and who is it? But a serial killer milkman. Serial killer milkman. So I guess it was a serial killer. Well, I mean, we knew it wasn't Ethel. Right, but I wasn't sure if Ethel had like made up the milkman thing but no that's real that part's real also it's almost like some of the comic books are coming to life like a rivervale riverdale connection <laughs> so i guess a rivervale connection that could be fun that makes I don't sense know. right what are we doing here we are eight episodes no into idea. this season and l- nothing has happened I, that matters I, I told you only the only thing that's happened is ethel's parents get murdered but then ethel gets shipped away where we don't see her again and um everyone else is just discovering their sexual urges. That's literally it. Nothing nothing has happened. This is so bad. It needs to end. Why are they doing this to us? I do have some bad news.
news for you, though. Yeah, it's for, what, 27 episodes or some garbage? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. But I do know that the uh, most recent Instagram posts I've seen from the actors releasing pictures from set, which they usually release pictures that are like one to two episodes in advance, um, is uh, involved people standing and singing. No! Yeah, they were Why? rehearsing some some singing. So... No! Buckle up for that, baby. Oh, uh, I'm sick that week. <laughs> uh. um, yeah. Super Duck, by the way, is uh, published by the same company that makes Archie Comics, obviously. MLJ Comics, which is now called Archie Comics. Um, so I've never, I've never, uh, never read Super Duck myself. No, I'd um, never heard of it. So episode seven, that was an episode. Um, the title Dirty Dancing was a 1987 movie directed by Emil Ardolino and starring Jennifer Gray and Patrick Swayze. Uh, it's about... No one puts baby in the corner. <laughs> yes. Uh, spending the summer at a Catskills resort with her family, Frances, aka Baby Houseman, falls in love with the camp's dance instructor, Johnny Castle. Have you seen Dirty Dancing? I'm assuming. Yeah, many times. Yeah. Um, I've been to the actual place it was shot, uh, Mountain Lake Resort. That's really cool. Yep. It's, uh, it was very near my college and there is no lake there now. Uh, wow. But it's like a, it's like one of these weird, like natural phenomenons where it's like a, a lake that like, just like the water disappears. I don't know if it like dries up or like, it's like a, I don't know, it's like a sinkhole, not a sinkhole, but there's somehow the water like goes away and then it'll just like randomly refill oh. over like, for like, but not like every year, like it'll be like decades before it fills again. And then it, yeah, no, it's weird. Anyway. So I've, the only times I've been there, it's been empty. Um, but it was, it was full during the movie. So people are always studying it, college kids and professors That's and stuff. That's very bizarre. Yeah. Um, the uh, new character we had in this episode was Mr. Lemley and um, the close but no cigar. So I wrote down Cozy Time Motel, but I mm-hmm. don't know what that is a close but no cigar for, but I'm guessing it's something. Cozy Time Motel. Oh. Do you know any motel Well, names? I'm assuming, is it like Quality Inn or? Cozy Time, Quality Inn, Super 8, Wigwam, Days Inn, Comfort Inn. Comfort Inn, maybe? It could be Comfort Inn. It could be Comfort cozy, Inn. Cozy Time. Mm. We know what's a close but no cigar for a hotel. Leave us alone. Yeah. Anyway, but if you know if there's if there's another one better than Cozy Time, please let me know. Um, and uh, who was the most normal person of this week? For I want to give it to seven? Kevin. <sighs> Is it normal to, under peer pressure, agree to go sleep with a woman? I mean, I think as like a queer man in the fifties, it's very normal to do mm-hmm. anything you can to protect your identity and secret. Can I say I feel like pretty much everyone was pretty normal this episode in general. There weren't a whole lot of non like I. I still think that Betty, just based on her character, it's a little much for her to be like, all right, fine. You know what? I'm just going to show my knickers on television. Oh, don't say knickers. Is that bad? What's wrong with knickers? It just feels gross when you say it like that. When I, when I think of knickers, I feel like that's like a very old timey way. I just picture old I think people. it's just what they say in England. Oh, okay. Um, all right. What about my bloomers? Well, that's a problem. No, she wasn't wearing bloomers. Because bloomers are like, the whole point of bloomers is that you can see them. Um, I just think we don't need to talk about the teenage girl's underwear uh it's good that she wasn't wearing actually would it have been better if she was wearing the lingerie that veronica had given well her? she didn't have it anymore that's true they probably took it away all right we they definitely it took it away okay uh 
Um, episode eight. Oh, I have fewer notes on this. Thank goodness. Okay. Let's crush it. Episode eight, aka Hoop Dreams. Did you like it better than the dancing episode? No, this episode made me real mad. Um, and it also like didn't make sense. So yeah. Oh, I I was trying to think right now what the episode was about, and it was anti-Asian racism. Yep, it was bad. Um, right at the beginning of the episode when they bring Reggie in. By the way, Reggie's back. Um, when they bring Reggie in, I was like, wait. The plot is not surely going to be that people dislike him because of his race, right? And uh, no, actually, that is exactly they what They literally was. brought the character back for the season specifically so people could be racist towards him, which is super messed up. And then also, like, not even consistent because, like, there's other Asian characters and we don't see them getting the same hatred. So it's just, like, very not cool. Chughead voiceover for this episode. Some towns are football towns. Some are hockey towns. Riverdale High had a so-so football team, and in the dead of winter, kids played hockey on Sweetwater River once it had frozen solid. But at its heart, Riverdale was a basketball town. Long past its heyday, some would say, which was when the Riverdale High Bulldogs, led by point guard Fred Andrews, were state champions three years running. Fred, my man, what happened in the fourth year? Or the year before? I think they went to war. Oh. He went to war from high school? Probably. I don't know. So... Um, all right, let's talk about the Basket Boys. Riverdale High loses against the Baxter High Ravens. Frank convinces Mr. Blossom to let them recruit an outside player, a farm kid from out on Duck Creek named Reggie, the Blur Mantle. Okay, um, he's the Blur. Okay, Archie and Frank go to talk to Reggie. He used to play for, for Stonewall Prep. Reggie comes to live with the Andrews, says he dropped out of school after the war to take care of his family's farm since they weren't eligible for money from the GI Bill. So wait, did his, did his father die in the farm? or did he I can't remember uh, maybe he no, was his, injured his father got like really badly injured in the war okay um Frank assures him that the mayor will take care of his family's farm and the mayor remember is Mr. Blossom uh Reggie notices Archie's neighbor Betty from the window um he seems interested I, I don't know uh Reggie's hard to read in this episode Reggie is well, also no Re- Reggie's just trying to protect himself Reggie has lived a life of dealing with hatred and prejudice and he just doesn't want to give people an in where they can hurt him he's just protecting himself no i get that part that part is fine. I, I'm, the way that Reggie acts around almost everyone I get. The one thing I don't understand is it seems like in the very beginning he's like interested in Betty and then he's like very much not interested in her later. And I was like, what was that about? Like, why do we need that part? Like, I don't know. Oh, just- I mean, I think that they just, it, it was like, oh, look, maybe there's an opening. And then he realizes that the way she's been acting doesn't align with his values. Yeah, and that's so- probably true. Also, I can't tell. I feel like Charles Melton is doing like somewhat of an accent or a different voice, but I can't nail it down it just seems like a little bit deeper and maybe he's just sort of doing a deeper and slower voice but then again I think Archie is doing a very different voice than he yeah I I think that he's just trying to act like how he thinks people that live on the farm might act I don't know yeah that's fair so Reggie meets everyone at school and he doesn't really seem interested in anyone else even though all of the girls seem to really be interested in him so apparently the racism only comes from men well no so the men can be racist and then the girls can fetishize him so oh, it's okay. just two different sides, you know? Yeah. Okay, so Reggie and Julian are going to scrimmage um, and... I think, Kirsten, this makes a lot more sense now that we are, from what we were just talking about, because, so Dilton Doily, who is the water boy, I believe, yeah. on the team. Um, now, when did that happen? Because wasn't Archie the water boy? I guess Dilton is just the water boy. I think the they just boy. needed to give someone the job after Archie gave it up. 
Right. So, of course, Kirsten and I were blanking on this, but Dilton Doily is also of Asian descent. And I think that this is probably why when all of the other players besides Fangs and Archie, mm-hmm. who are joining the Reggie team. Yeah. Not the Reggie. Yeah, the Reggie team. Uh, Julian is on the leading the other team. And there's like seven other people on that team. And then Reggie says, oh, and also we'll have Dilton Doily on our team as well, even though he's the water boy. And then he ends up scoring the game winning point and their side wins. So, yay for them um and i think that, that obviously is like well yeah and then it makes sense like the water boy has to play because these whiteies don't want to play with people that aren't white and it's just bad yeah so um that was the uh beginning of the basketball part um and I don't know. It's like it's Reggie's just like good at basketball, but the guys don't seem to like Reggie. And um, like Archie is Archie is cool with Reggie because like that's Archie's whole thing. It's like I don't think that Archie is like kind of like in the last episode. You know, the last episode was Archie being chill with Kevin, even though Kevin was gay and other people weren't. And then this one's like Archie being chill with Reggie, um, even though uh, he's Asian and everyone else is is, uh, you know, being really racist towards him. And I don't know that it's like in modern day obviously Archie would be like no this is wrong this is bad or whatever here it's not even like Archie saying it's bad to be you know um like discriminating against these different groups Archie's just like it's like he just like doesn't notice the things well, you know what I'm like, saying he's it's- just totally it's the same thing with the stuff with Kevin last episode like yeah it's the he's so in his own head and in his own world that he's not realizing thing that things are a problem unless they become a problem like for him or for someone close to him <laughs> yeah and it's it's I mean honestly could be like a pretty good avatar for a lot of like the average like white person in the country you know be it like not recognizing things and maybe maybe they're maybe they're trying to build to that because but i just don't trust them to be well, doing that well, on right purpose, but i, I guess know? what i'm saying is like if if the and i know this is putting a lot of faith on them but if the idea of this season is eventually going to be that they're trying to like make everything bend towards good or whatever mm-hmm. um like they said maybe the idea is that this is archie's journey of being a white savior where he first needs to learn that things are wrong and then he's like he's like a, a a good enough or a like you were saying sort of a, a like inoffensive enough person where he's not going to be the one mm-hmm. um you know picking on people because he doesn't even realize realize really realize that it's happening and then once he does realize it maybe he will start trying to stand up but it's at no point in either of these episodes does he like stand up to people and say like hey this is well, okay he kind of does that at the end of this one but like in the yeah. previous episode he doesn't tell anyone like no don't you know let's like we're yeah. not gonna do this with kevin instead he's just like nice to Kevin so it's kind of the same here like he Archie tries to befriend Reggie and Reggie's like look I was never accepted at Stonewall Prep yeah and they show where his first day at Stonewall Prep the students there which look your your fave was there well okay obviously Um, not a fan of like this scene or this moment but Um, I was like freaking out that they brought Brett back just for this one scene and I was like seriously specifically to do a hate crime to reggie and i'm like really like they, this is how we had to use brett yeah they filled reggie's locker with rice uh, which is horrible which is just so like i mean on the scale of things they could have done like i guess it's good they didn't beat the crap out of him but like absolutely not an okay thing to do oh yeah so horrible yes and like 
But still. But then they, they did, did they actually did beat the Brett crap back. out of him. So never mind. They did it all. Wait, when did they beat the crap out of him? They were like tackling part. him on the court and like hurting him on purpose. Oh, I was not paying attention during that part. I was, that That's was fine. I, I didn't remember the commercials. You don't remember this. It's all good. Um, Yeah, but like still, I think they're definitely doing something here with like bringing back a lot of other actors and characters who were not on the show anymore. So then we have, let's see, the Blossom family is going to throw a basketball mix which Reggie doesn't want to go to and um, Archie and Betty are going to chat he's just like I, yeah he's such a goober when he talks to Betty he's always like eating he's like oh hey Betty oh he is going? such a goober that is the perfect way to describe Archie he's yeah. a goober he really is um but then the Blossoms are going to be super racist about Reggie and kind of threaten Reggie's family if he doesn't bring them a championship with a smile which is they're like yeah he needs to just like win games and smile doesn't no matter he know how what kind of opportunity him we're giving him they're like, literally like wow Archie thanks for taking one for the team and like sharing your bedroom with him and he's Archie's like happy to do it like no problem and they're like wow like I would yeah. never share a room with someone like that and it's like oh my god enough yeah it's bad and so Archie clearly realizes that this is bad and uh, Julian's going to leave a practice while the coach is in a meeting Archie punches Julian for also being uh, I can't remember what Julian says but something racist towards Reggie I don't remember what it was um um, so he said again, so many things. It's like Archie in one scene is like being a goober with Betty and then like punches Julian. And I don't know why. It's just like the, the, this character. It's like he's he's the extremes of what he is in um, in Riverdale proper. And then uh, Archie tells Reggie that he doesn't uh, that he didn't want Reggie to be right about this town. Maybe they are just like any other place. And Reggie's like, hey, let's go to Pops. So I guess like the idea is that now Reggie and Archie are friends because even like Archie has seen that the world is worse than it was and Reggie has seen that Archie is better than he thought he was. So it's well, and then it's like, oh, so I feel like there's just such a fine balance between showing people doing the right thing just because they're doing the right thing. And also I feel like they're kind of framing Archie as a white savior yes, which is not good and so it's it's just like there's a balance there that they're not achieving and it's weird and yeah and that's what i said at the beginning it's like archie's journey is like being a straight white savior to other groups and obviously yes it's good that someone is standing up to julian but it's not even because Archie has like the full understanding of what is happening is wrong and he's like trying to like bring moral justice. Yeah. He's just like, let's be friends. I don't know. It's it's just weird. It's just it's in just a weird, weird way. I, I don't know. know. It's like what if what if instead the plot was about how people grew to like Reggie as a person and not just because of his ba- like his basketball skills and mm. then they realized that it was I don't know. I don't know how the right way to show this is, especially considering that this is supposed to be the 50s. Yeah. Um, all right. So this other part of this episode is all about the cheerleaders. Uh, and it's like Betty and then also like Tony and Cheryl stuff. So Tony yeah. and Cheryl, who I guess have been dating secretly. They've been like hooking up at least. Yeah. Um, Cheryl asks Tony to go steady. And um, Tony is like, uh, I don't really want to like put a label on it. And Cheryl's like, it's okay. I mean, secretly, that's what we are anyway. And so Tony's getting cold feet here. Uh, Lizzo is back again. She taunts Tony about Cheryl. Yeah. Lizzo's and- like, you've got it good you date these closeted girls and then you can just move on to the next haha good job yeah which i guess implies that tony has maybe done this before but we don't really know who that was with or anything i mean it could be anyone we would have no way of knowing could be um i am glad to see that they're going back to the 
old style of the Southside Serpent jackets. Like in the very beginning, the Southside Serpent jackets were the snake that looked like an S, and that's the one that that Jughead and like FP have always used. And then weirdly, they went to a point where everyone else besides Jughead and FP had the one where it's like a circle and it's a snake eating itself. And I don't like that one because it it's not an S. Like the the S makes so much more sense. I've got to so. tell you, I've never noticed this. Oh, it has bugged me to no end. I'm like, ugh, those ugly circle jackets. I hate those ones. I mean, honestly, all the serpent jackets are kind of ugly so i also just don't understand why like well because they, he's the serpent gang. king they get a different one no i don't un- i don't understand why like in this era tony's like like is this a gang like they've never even like mentioned the word gang they barely even talk about the serpents they just put them all in jackets i don't know uh, yeah i don't know um also if lizzo lizzo is a high school dropout why is she always hanging out around the high school couldn't tell you well because she has a crush on tony that's fair um hal tells betty that he spoke with dr werthers and betty should join the vixens to burn off some excess energy i don't get this i don't get this they're like betty you're too horny so we're going to put you in a sexualized outfit where you can watch a bunch of guys work out all the time and they're like oh you need to be around girls because those that's not going to be of sexual interest to you oh but also we don't want all the girls to be together because then they're going to become lesbians it's like which is it which is it there's it's just so dumb it's so stupid and yeah it's like yeah betty needs to do physical exercise so that she's not too h-word you know all of the 50 stuff in terms of parents and couples makes no sense because they're like we want you to be a good girl so go join the vixens where each cheerleader gets assigned a football player that they so they can like wear their jersey and bake them cookies and help them with homework you know teach them to be a wife or whatever um and that seems like that's just asking for trouble they want people to go steady they want people to be dating but they don't want them to hook up well yeah exactly that's exactly it it's stupid you get it also Cheryl, why did you want to be paired with Julian? She's like, I'm paired with Julian, obviously. Well, I think she wanted to be not paired with a boy that would actually try to hook up with her and that she would have to reject. I guess that's fair. I'm kind of surprised that Julia doesn't, like, fight this. I mean, I think, like, Julian isn't concerned about finding girls. Yeah, we don't really know what Julian's game is. Um, Betty gets paired with Reggie, and, uh, And that's, like, as, like, a hateful thing. They're like, wow, you have to be with, like, the Asian guy. Right, Betty also does not seem at all to care about Reggie's Yeah, she does, like, she doesn't understand either. Yeah, so she's like, okay, cool, sure, whatever, the new hot guy. Um, so she's like very open with him about how um she is doing court appointed punishment by being on the cheerleaders and she explains like why and she's like oh because my reputation's so bad you know i did a strip tease and then i like flashed my underwear on tv yeah. and he's like oh yeah that's yeah. a no for me he's goodbye like, you're not my type of person goodbye yeah which you know reggie good for you because she seems like a little bit of a hot mess right now so fair and he could have taken advantage but he's a better man yep tony and cheryl have a chat tony doesn't want to be a cheerleader anymore she doesn't want to bake cookies for a meathead tony says that she isn't the type to settle down or go steady um i really like cheryl in this scene because um cheryl's like oh are you breaking up with me because it's because i i asked to go steady like it's just good communication and um tony says that she has lost herself in the whole square scene and she needs some space what do you think is the main reason why Tony breaks up with Cheryl? Because she didn't want something serious because she couldn't have it in a way that's actually recognized. Hmm. That's what I think. But I don't really know. I don't either, know either. We don't know enough about Tony's. It's like we saw three or four episodes of Tony trying to get Cheryl and then she got her and then doesn't want her. So I don't know. Um, 
Tony and Cheryl talk some more. Later on, Tony asks for some funding for her Black Literacy Social Club, to which Cheryl says that she will put in a request for Featherhead. Um, Mm. Cheryl also, again, I like Cheryl again in this episode, because Cheryl asks Tony if she broke up with her because she was white, and Tony says it's part of it, but there were a lot of reasons. Oh, yeah, I guess that is probably a big part of it. But but that's also just, like, another way their relationship couldn't be publicly, like, accepted, you know? Like, they have two things going against them. Yeah, but I think it's also like Tony. It's like you knew she was white, and you knew she was a blossom when you. Well, first yeah, but it wasn't her. getting serious. Like it, they were just hooking up. Like I don't think she saw it as like a serious thing. Yeah, and then odd. it starts becoming serious, and it's like, oh well, like we have all these barriers. It's odd too because in the beginning it seemed less so like Tony was even trying to date Cheryl, and more so that Tony was trying to like help Cheryl discover her own sexuality. And then when Cheryl like got comfortable with mm-hmm. herself, I don't know. Yeah, it's I don't, it didn't it didn't seem like the game plan was like just trying to hook up with her quickly but whatever um cheryl is going to give tony the money for her club uh she said it was slated to being used elsewhere potentially even with the cheerleaders who knows but cheryl does a nice little selfless thing here and then tony asked cheryl to come to the dark room and then maybe they're gonna try again so good we'll for see them. what happens yep um uh veronica is a walking hr violation in this episode because she now owns the movie theater mm-hmm. and is going to just try to keep hitting on people she's but like in a weird way too like yes what i don't okay so about this whole episode this whole like plot line is just basically veronica flirting with clay and he keeps just kind of ignoring it and then at the end kevin kind of goes to like give veronica a warning like to stop and veronica's like oh i knew it like i was just trying to get him to out himself and i'm like i don't believe you for one second you're just trying to save face yeah, there's also just all kinds of issues in the power dynamics here of her, yep. like, flirting with Kay, coming on very strong, and then telling Kevin, like, what's wrong? There's nothing wrong with a little workplace flirt, man. It's like, you're the boss. Yeah, no, there is when you own the business, actually. Actually, there is. Um, I, yeah, anyway. Reggie goes to work at the movie theater, and, or no, no, he, he doesn't work there. He just goes to the movie theater to watch a movie, and he's like, oh, I didn't even remember that Veronica worked there. Is it true, or is he playing hard to get? I don't know. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really know what Reggie's doing, but Veronica is fine with Reggie's rudeness towards her and I think that that is supposed to be leading into the next episode where maybe she's going to see him as a challenge of yeah. someone else to try and date. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Um, I also really didn't like like Veronica finds out that Kevin and Clay are gay and she's like finally it feels like home like as if gay people are an accessory for her to have. Uh, but rather... aren't they though for her? Well they are for her like which is just like I mean, messed up. This is like I- I- exactly the same thing though that happened in the pilot episode episode of Riverdale where uh Betty introduces Veronica to Kevin she's like oh this is my best friend Kevin he's and then I think she's gonna say like he's like whatever does the theater stuff or something and Veronica's like oh he's gay perfect love him already and it's like okay well you know it's like the uh the whole you know like trope of the gay best friend that Veronica is looking for here so um and then in our final plot line in which I titled you know the plot (laughs) because everything else is just I mean but is it even a plot like it was just weird this was such weirdo energy they've decided that the mystery is going to be contained to one plot that we only barely touch on each episode if we touch on it at all and it takes a very long time to get there and also there's a bunch of other stuff in here I just put like all the other stuff in here so Tabitha's back so was the Tabitha actress doing something else she she must have been filming another thing was Reggie doing something else or potentially 
father's hunch it's the final season and these actors said yeah we'll come back but we're not doing you know a billion I mean, episodes i think anyone who's not like a series like series regular status is able to get away with going to do other projects but the like main leads like would not be able to get away with it the way that like these kind of more side characters are i could have sworn that tabitha was i mean i think she was brought up to series lead for one season but i also like she's just not on under the same contractual obligations that the people that have been there from the start are. Yeah, that's fair. Um, So Tabitha's back and she's surprised that Tony's a cheerleader. We, we didn't really know that Tony and Tabitha were like close well, friends. We, we saw them like a lot with the Emmett Till stuff in the premiere, but that wasn't really indicative of are they as two people friends or are they just two of the black students that are yeah. acting as ad- like uh, advocates? It, it seems more like Clay and Tabitha and um, Tony are all like sort of in different circles. Like Tabitha seems to be kind of more like a, I don't know if nerd's the right word, but more like a studious kind of person. And then Tony's, you know, got her whole dark room and gang and whatnot. Um, so I don't know if they're like necessarily friend friends, but they're they're seeming to be more friendly now. So Jughead catches up with Tabitha and invites her to meet Rayberry. They go to knock on his door, but he doesn't answer. So they go to the movie instead. Yeah. Um, Jughead orders a ton of popcorn and candy for himself. Yeah, and then he's like, haha, do you want anything? When he's ordered like an army's worth of food. Uh, and then she says no, which is could never be me. Yeah, I would be like, I'd be like, are you going to share the popcorn though? I or? actually, I'm okay. Here's the thing about me. I'm legitimately uncomfortable when I go to a movie theater and the people I'm with don't order something. Because <laughs> it's like, I'm still going to order popcorn. Like so. the, the whole reason I'm going to see a movie <laughs> yeah. in the theater is so that I can have really good movie theater buttered popcorn that's exactly. it that's why Same. i'm there i i agree 100 percent. i will like organize my day well when, when i go to, to a movie people and they're like you want to grab food before i'm like wait but like i thought the whole point of going to the movie was that we we're gonna like, eat i'm having popcorn there. for dinner yeah that's my this is my dinner so it sounds so, like we're very movie theater compatible well i will never forget the time i learned i think on this very podcast that you can like uber eats movie theater popcorn yes. to yourself in oh man that was me in the depths of hell during covid ordering movie theater popcorn on a regular basis i do not think that that is a thing okay i'm gonna check i think it's specifically cineplex which i don't know if that's a canadian brand or not um we i've never heard of yeah i think it's a canadian like company search popcorn and see if anything comes up popcorn chicken that's not what i want grocery store that's not what i want i want i want movie theater i don't think you can i might be a canadian thing oh i'm of course i'm also on doordash i don't know if there's movie theater no nothing uh mm, very jealous i mean it doesn't cut like it's not the same as going to the movies at all like the way it tastes but like it can scratch the itch if you really need hmm wow well i'm bummed but yeah uh you know i mean that's it's the same as like it's probably better though than making your own popcorn at home it depends because i have like i have an air popper and so i make my own like super buttery popcorn at home and it's delicious so i don't know because it's not Mm. always like super fresh when it comes from the movie theater that's because it's been sitting for a little bit so i don't know i think the the key is to just get an air popper at home and melt the butter yourself that's something i okay popcorn is one of those things where when you look at it you can't tell like how fresh it is and i hate when you look at it and you think it's gonna be delicious and you put it in your mouth and it's like super stale i don't i don't 
hate stale popcorn. No, I mean, like, I'm, I'm still eating all of it. It's just, like, a little bit of Yeah, it's just like, oh, I wanted this to be super fresh, and it's not super fresh. I understand completely. Um, Tony tells Tabitha and Clay that she is starting a Black Voices Literary Club and Literary Journal for Riverdale High, um, and she quits the cheerleading squad, and then they all three have, like, this very open discussion about her relationship with Cheryl, and I'm like, wait, okay, so is this, like, public not? How close of friends are they? Are they, they're close enough to, like... I listen, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, um, although, I, you know, I guess, so Tony and Clay, we've seen to be relatively close, um, but I guess Tabitha also is? I don't know. Well, we so, also, we just haven't seen Tabitha all season. Yeah. Clay says it's hard to date someone who's white, I guess, is the main difference here. Well, he's yeah, because there are issues. Kevin. Right, no, I, I but I, he just says it's hard, but it's not impossible, and I wasn't sure what the hard part was, but I guess maybe he's also just saying it's hard to date someone sort of secretly. I mean, I think, I, I think the way he was saying is, like, it's hard because they have these very fundamental differences mm-hmm. that are very aware, like, evident to Clay, and he always has to be aware of those differences, but Kevin doesn't have to think about it the same way, and so there's things that Kevin just doesn't know or doesn't realize, and Clay is putting in a lot of time and effort to educate him. Yes. And yeah, Tabitha's very chill and understanding about this whole conversation, so I'm guessing she either knew or just doesn't care. I mean, I'm sure that having the unifier of them all being black and being discriminated in that way mm-hmm. probably also helps them be more sympathetic to other types of discrimination. 100%. Um, and uh, yeah, Clay sort of encourages Tony to keep trying if she really likes Cheryl. And so um, Tabitha then brings Jughead a book to read with a story called The Comet that is one of the first inter- interracial relationships in science fiction. Um, I don't know. So I'm guessing Tabitha's interested in Jughead yeah, so maybe. Tabitha's okay. like, oh, Jughead, even though you never kept any of my homework for me that you were supposed to keep, I'm still interested in you. Let me see if you're open to the idea of an interracial relationship. Very similar to Tony giving Cheryl a book about lesbians to be like, are you a lesbian? I don't know what we're doing. There's, what is this show? I don't know. What, li- what are we doing? Is Tabitha an angel? This Tabitha? No, there's like a Tabitha angel and a Tabitha not angel. But Who why? knows? So only future Tabitha is an angel? They're I not guess. both angels? Listen, why are there two Tabithas? Why are there two worlds? What is going on? Why are we here? We don't know and we may never know, Mary, and we need to find peace with that because we might never know. And then there is a Jughead end voiceover where he says, Tabitha and I stayed up till dawn reading and discussing Dubois stories. Or no, Du Bois. <laughs> Sorry, wait. That was the whole thing is he called him Dubois and she's like, no, it's Du Bois. All right, anyway. Uh, the next day I wanted to tell Mr. Rayberry all about my swell night. So I went Not back to his apartment uh, and uh, Sheriff Keller is there. Brad is dead. He says that he hung himself. And so there's I'm... like a typewritten suicide note. So so the milkman was, he stabbed people before and then he hung. What? I'm guessing the milkman he stabbed before because he thought that that would be realistic that Ethel could have done that. Like it seems like he's trying to, you know, I don't know. I, I think he probably really doesn't want people to realize there's a serial killer. And so people haven't been thinking about him. So let's make something look like a suicide. Maybe the milkman is a killer for hire. Maybe, I feel like maybe he's a patriarchy. Okay, so this is obviously leading things to make it seem like Werther's is the one who's behind the milkman because this is comes right after Ray Bra- Bradbury well, like could, threatened him. It could also be that the comic book guy is and he's mad he has to pay money to him. And so that Oh, that would be a twist. So oh. I like I do think Werther is like the number one suspect but I wouldn't yeah, be but, shocked mm-hmm. if it was the comic book guy. I didn't even think about like the comic book the guy. 
Milkman like looks like a thing out of the comic book. Like I love this. This is great. I don't know. This is I I really appreciate that because it's like why would no one would suspect the comic book seller of using a comic book idea? Plus the comic book seller guy, we've seen that he is not creative and doesn't have any of his own ideas. So he's like even just taking murder ideas from the comic. I love this. Okay, new new favorite theory. Um and yeah, and that's the end of that episode. Like, you know, I want to say like both of these episodes, I was not mad actively while watching them. I mean, the second one I was mad because of all the racism, but yeah. I wasn't mad like at the show. I was like, oh, that's fine. You know, whatever. It's cool. But then like talking about them, I'm, I'm more mad now talking about them. <laughs> Because. Yeah, no, because it's, but, like, the thing is, is not only are they forcing us to watch uh, all of these marginalized people be treated with discrimination, but they are also making a bad TV show at the same time. So it's, like, it doesn't even feel like there's a purpose behind it. It just is, like, oh, let's, like, watch people acting badly. Yeah, it's just, it, because I can't, like, that's the thing. It's, like, if there's no, we keep saying, like, what what does this mean? What What is the overall plot? We don't know where they're going with any of this. And either the answer is they're not going anywhere with it and it, we're just watching random serialized episodes um because if there's no plot you know say what you want about all the other seasons but at least the other seasons had a villain and had a there like, was some, had like, something that was happening we definitely at times in the moment we're like what the hell is going on but i don't think to this extent because i'm not like i'm not confused about what i'm seeing i'm confused about why i'm seeing the things i'm seeing and why there's no overall plot what is the point point? and i don't know and we'll ask these same questions next week <laughs> So anyway, um, also the close but no cigar is mint bogos was yes. another candy. What and, is that? And they did um, skit scat again for Kit Kat, yeah. which is like they so did. disgusting. Like don't call it that. <laughs> Yeah, they did junior or senior refreshers, Skit Scat, and there were a couple other ones that we've already had. But Mint Bogos was the only one that sounded new, and I don't know what that is a Close Bono cigar for. So please, somebody Wait, let me well, know. which one? Mint Bogos. Yeah, I don't know. B-O-G-O's? I don't know. So someone please tell me what Mint Bogos are. I, I tried to freeze frame it and see, like, look at the box to see. There was also something, there was, like, a Hershey bar looking thing that was called, like, it wasn't Skechers, but it was something like that. But it I was it, it was supposed to be Snickers. But it looked like a Hershey. Well, anyway, yeah, but it I sounded up, like Snickers. Like it yes. Was, but I looked up. I looked up the the Hershey bar looking thing, and that like is an actual. There was there was an actual candy that it was that one too. That was just like an old fashioned candy. But oh, okay. Mint Bogos. Somebody let me know. And I like hold on. Actually, did I look those up? Because maybe the maybe that's a real candy too. Then oh, I'm gonna be really annoyed if it is. It doesn't look like it. Okay, why would I look up mint bogos? Is it mint cannabis? Is that a thing? What in the world? Oh, I mean, there's all kinds of cannabis. Okay, apparently. Whatever. Um, okay, most normal person of the week. Oh, boy. Um, no clue. Um, let's see. I mean, maybe it's Tabitha. Maybe it's Clay. <laughs> Um, yeah, maybe it's, not- it's Clay. Clay was super uncomfortable getting sexually harassed at work and sent someone else to intervene on his behalf. Uh, true. It could also be Cheryl. Cheryl was pretty normal, too. Cheryl was barely there. <laughs> I know. Let's give it to Clay. I feel like Clay was good. He gave some good wa- uh, some good advice. I almost said he gave some good walker. That's his name, Clay Walker. Um, all right. Good enough. Good enough. Um, cool. Well, there you go. Two episodes in one. Um, and we're just slightly over the normal time it talks about one because these we episodes it, were they were bad. I'm so glad we anything. didn't have to talk about them one at a time because yeah. they're just so bad. Yeah. So that's it. Um, 
Kirsten, let me ask you this before we do plugs. Ooh. What's what's something what's something new that you've uh, like new new content you've consumed that you want to pitch to people to check out? Ooh, well, I just started watching Below Deck Sailing Yacht, and I've never watched any Below Deck shows before. And if you like reality TV, you will love Below Deck. It is so good. So it's reality TV, it's like a competition? Or it's, it's not just... a competition. It's the people who work on charter yachts, and it's so messy and good and it gives like Jersey Shore vibes almost. Uh, it's just so good. Highly recommend. I, we, are the people from Jersey Shore? Or, like, no. What, what, it's what just like, the, just the style of like the same people being kind of like the leads and then their adventures and it's, it's just good. It's just very good. Interesting. I will have to check it out. Like that, have you ever watched any of the other um, Below Decks? I haven't, but I'm gonna watch them all now after I'm okay. done catching up. Okay. Yeah, I want to do that too because because um, I've liked the sound of the shows, but I haven't, I haven't watched it. You will yet. love it. It's amazing. It's and so messy. Don't watch it with your mom. <laughs> okay. Thanks for the warning. <laughs> um, on my end, I uh, have been, here's a little fan fiction corner for you. Something Ooh. new, something different. Um, I have blown through these. I've never read this many books in one week. Oh. Um, I read three and a half. I'm on the fourth one of the Hunger Games books from PETA's perspective fan fiction that is out there. The first one, if you're interested, it is called PETA's Games, so you can look that one up. And um, the first two, pretty good, pretty decent. I was blown away by the third, though. I thought that the third was okay. very well written and extremely um, interesting from that perspective. Okay, a little bit, little fourth one, maybe it's because it's like, it's just like post, post books, mm. you know, like aftermath and like, I don't really care as much about that, but I really liked the, the first three. So if you're interested in some, I know it's like everyone's having their Hunger Games moment again, now that the trailer for song, uh, Ballad of Songbird and snakes came out so if you uh want some more content while you wait for that to come out definitely check out those fan fictions um all right everyone that's all for this week thank you for joining us and we'll be back next time for episode nine probably hopefully you know unless we forget again we'll find out um we'll find out until then you can follow me online at frail mary everywhere and if you're interested you can uh support me like i said um by uh by by donating on my behalf to can you survive and if you don't want to to donate or can't donate but would like to still support uh feel free to, to follow their facebook page the can you survive charity event um to check that out when that happens in july kirsten what's up with you uh, i am obviously talking pop culture celeb gossip and trending topics over on mess magnets this upcoming episode uh brian scally is gonna sub in for sasha so that should be fun also over on the post show recaps network uh we are covering queen charlotte and five out of six of those episodes are up and the last one is going to come out at probably in the first oh, week there's of only June. Six? Yeah, there's only six. It goes very fast. Um, and then also this week, because Sasha is not available, I'm going to be covering her on the uh, Big Deck Energy uh, Bravo recap with Rob Sesternino talking about uh, Below Deck Sailing Yacht. And you can follow me everywhere at Kirsten Said What, including twitch.tv slash Kirsten Said What. Yay. Yay. All right. Until next time. Bye.